0: For the Sacramento Kings, this season is postseason or bust. And I think we all agree that the most likely route for the Sacramento Kings to actually make the playoffs is through the play-in. But the Western Conference never gets easier, even if two-thirds of the Western Conference actually makes it to postseason basketball. On today's Locked on Kings podcast, I'm going to be joined by John Corrales, Lo- a host of the Locked on Celtics podcast, but also uh, one of our uh, national hosts for Locked on NBA. He and I are going to look in-depth at the Western Conference, talk about which teams we expect to be in the cellar, which teams we expect to be competing with the Kings for play in spots, which teams can make dr- jumps, which teams could drop out, and which teams are going to be at the top of the west so it's all on today's episode of the locked on kings podcast you are locked on kings your daily sacramento kings podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: and now ladies and gentlemen it is that time time for another episode of locked on
0: Hello, and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in depth analysis, game by game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and let them know Locked On sent you. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports media member, Sacramento Kings media member for the last uh, seven years. This will be my eighth season covering the Kings, formerly for uh, KHDK radio here in Sacramento. Now with ABC 10 television. And today was day three of training camp for your Kings. And I think we're only four days away now from their first preseason game. And as we've talked about all offseason long, there are high expectations for the Kings this year. Maybe not as high as some teams in the West. We don't expect the Kings uh, to really be a top six seed, although it would be fantastic for them to leapfrog the play-in altogether. But we do expect the Kings to end their playoff drought. And to me, ending the playoff drought means not only making the play-in, but coming out of the play-in and getting into the actual playoffs. I'm talking about competing in a best of 7 series. Even if you're swept in 4 games in the opening round, does not matter. That's where the Kings have to make it to truly accomplish their goal uh, and to end this uh this playoff drought that is near historic. I don't know technically if making the play-in would end that drought or not. I certainly hope not to me. Uh, that's not the uh, the ideal way the Kings want to end things, but it is a ideal addition to the league that, of course, the NBA implemented last season that gives the Kings a better route than what they had. Now, there is a good chance, too, that the Kings could actually end up as a seventh or eighth seed. That might be best case scenario for this team, and maybe it stings a little more as a seventh or eighth seed that the Kings have to win at least one game um, to actually make it into uh, the postseason itself. But the route is there to give teams like the Sacramento Kings an opportunity, and we all expect the Kings to be in the mix. I have no time to lose today. My conversation with John Corrales is a great one. I think you're really going to enjoy it. We go through and and pick apart this Western Conference, try and figure things out, analyze a bunch of different teams and look at the the best route for the Kings. We're going to talk about if the Kings had their pick of one or two opponents in a single game elimination play-in scenario, which teams the Kings would likely pick in the West that aren't like the Rockets or Oklahoma City Thunder in the cellar. So I want your interaction on that. Uh, You can reach out to me at any time during this interview or at just any time period on Twitter at Matt George Sack. That's SAC. You can email me mgeorge or rather Sports at gmail.com. Or if you're watching on YouTube, leave your thoughts in the comment section down below. But without any further ado, here's my conversation with locked on Celtics host and locked on NBA host, John Corrales. Before every single season, we look at the Western Conference and we talk about the level of competition. We talk about how tough it is to be a team like the Sacramento Kings and the Western Conference who's just trying to end a almost 16-season, or hopefully they're going to avoid a 16-season playoff drought. Except right now, in the second year of the NBA play-in, Two-thirds of the freaking conference actually make it to postseason basketball. Now, I'm using air quotes for postseason because I personally don't count Uh, the play-in tournament as playoff basketball. So if the Kings, in my mind, were to make the play-in, but not the actual playoffs, to me, the drought would continue. That's a conversation for another time. Right now, I'm joined by John Corrales. You might know him best as the host of the Locked On Celtics podcast, but John is also one of our Locked On NBA hosts because of his just national knowledge of the NBA in general. So John, I'm going to ask you to leave your Boston Celtics expertise in the Eastern Conference for a second. Come over here to the West. Take a look Look at this uh this compilation of 15 teams and help me figure out what the best route for the kings is to making the postseason i'll start with a very broad question is it even possible in your mind that the kings not just make the play-in but make the playoffs this season based
1: off of what you know about this team um sure it's possible it's it there's there's a, a good mix of guys you, you you've You've added uh, uh you know pretty solid defender and Davion Mitchell. I think you've got you got a, a decent mix here, and there's there's always a possibility of some kind of midseason move that the Kings are are gonna be at the center of a lot of trade deadline talk. So who knows how that's gonna go? I think I think the Kings have the potential. Now, there's still the Kings. They're still coached by Luke Walton. There's still, you know, there are still outside influences that that make. What we see on paper, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe a little less likely in some scenarios, could influence it in some scenarios, but I think the talent is there for the Kings to actually be okay. The Sacramento Kings would love to avoid the play-in entirely
0: if they could and and make it into a a top six seed, but that would require them jumping up six spots from where they were last season, John. So I think it's fair to assume That while that might be possible, and maybe that's the absolute best case scenario is the Kings to be a 6th seed this season, that's likely not going to be the case. The Kings route to the postseason is more than likely going to be securing a play-in spot, one of the 7 through 10 seeds, hopefully it's 7 or 8, so the Kings at least get one Postseason home game uh, so that we can celebrate <laughs> inside the Golden One Center here in the California capital. That's likely the route for the Sacramento Kings to actually make it to the playoffs, and I'm talking about a best of seven series so we're gonna look at the teams that were in the play in last year and look at the competition uh that we expect around that play in spot this year but i want to start in the very depths of hell in the western conference (laughs) the the teams at the very bottom who likely are going to be uh towards the top of uh draft lottery odds at the end of the season and are we talking about just two teams here? Or are we maybe only talking about one, the Oklahoma City Thunder? Do you put the Houston Rockets down there with the expectation that John Wall's yeah. not going to be around too long? Is it two teams down there in your mind?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think there's going to be much with the Rockets. And I think the Rockets are going to do everything they can to stay down there as well. So uh, Rockets and Thunder are are definitely the two bottom dwellers. So we can we can chalk that up.
0: The three teams that didn't make the play-in last season, other than, of course, uh, the Rockets and the uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Two, uh, I, I, two out of the three of them kind of surprised me, Is I think they it's fair to say they underachieved. And maybe you could say all three, including the Sacramento Kings. But the Minnesota Timberwolves, there's just always question marks about that team. Now, they rarely were able to stay healthy. I think Cat, D'Angelo Russell... Uh, And Anthony Edwards played, what, like only a handful of games together last season. If they can stay healthy, there's high expectations for them this year. And you talk about the New Orleans Pelicans, who are star-driven. They get treated like they're a playoff team every year just because Zion is on their roster. And yet everybody outside of uh, New Orleans is writing articles on how Zion is going to be leaving the New Orleans Pelicans (laughs) at at his first opportunity. But that's a team that really failed to do much of anything in my mind this offseason, which, which surprised me out of those three teams, the Kings included with those two, if you were to label one as best odds to actually make the play in this year,
1: are the Kings that team or is it another one? Man, this is tough. This is tough because I think these, all three teams can stake a claim to that. And now the Kings certainly are in this mix and that that's, I guess a, a compliment compared to years past. Like, If if you're, you know, I'm not, I'm not outwardly dismissing them. You look at Minnesota, Minnesota I think has the best potential because they have the best player in Carl Anthony towns. So uh, and and under Chris Finch, I I think they have the potential to be a, a pretty good team. They're working on some things that as, you know, you try to listen and take, take note of what teams are doing differently in the league. I think, Minnesota under Finch the defensive principles that he's trying to to put in there try to the way he's using Towns defensively to try to get something defensively defensively out of him if you can add that defensive element to the obvious offensive monster that he can be now he can he can carry a team so i i have the highest feeling about the Minnesota Timberwolves and then I kind of put Sacramento and New Orleans in that next tier. I'm not sure what Zion's going to be this year health-wise. That foot injury scares me. He's a big dude to have a foot injury, a fracture, and carry the weight that he does to consistently have those lower body injuries. That that really freaks me out. And they've got a first-year coach in Willie Green. I don't know how that's going to go. You also have Luke Walton, so that that's a demerit against the 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 Kings, but – I do think the Kings and the Pelicans, it's kind of a race to see who can figure things out first, because whoever figures things out first is going to have that advantage. And, and you can build on the momentum. I think I look at teams like the Kings and the Pelicans, and even Minnesota as momentum type teams, where once you start feeling good about things, you can really get on a roll. Once you start feeling bad about things, things can spiral. These teams are very susceptible to that kind of stuff. So I think it's it is a little bit of a race. Can the Kings integrate Davion Mitchell quickly? Can can you get that Mitchell Halliburton Fox kind of combo working well right away? Uh, can you beat the the Pelicans to the punch there with their new system and what they're trying to do? And I think the first team that starts to figure it out and get a little bit of separation, no matter how early, will will carry that advantage throughout the season. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy
0: basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense. It required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between a The days of losing because your opponent's players simply had more scheduled games to play in that week. Those days are over as are the days of mindless daily busy work and the days of giving up halfway through the season because of that busy work that you just don't want to do anymore in game picks. You pick one game per week for each player based on player matchups home versus away opponent defensive ranking pace of play and more whether you prefer redraft keeper or dynasty leagues game picks has you covered sleeper crack the fantasy basketball code. If you fly fantasy football and you prefer building a weekly strategy instead of busy daily work, you're going to love game picks. Download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. The Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Sweat Block, the anti-perspirant wipes that work better than anything on the market. I say that because I use them. I especially use them when I go out golfing. And trust me, even uh, with things starting to cool down as we move into fall here in California, that heat beats down on you on the golf course. And I've sweated through many a golf shirt and a hat before. Now, I actually haven't tried to use an anti-perspirant wipe on my forehead. Maybe I should give that a shot to, to save my hats a little bit. But in terms of underarms and, and just body using these sweat block antiperspirant wipes. They work so well for me. And the best part is a box lasts a long time because you can get seven days of use out of one wipe. These are doctor created, doctor recommended. They give you a dry shirt guarantee, meaning if sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's been a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, has over 13,000 thousand reviews, currently number one in Amazon's anti-perspirant category. Manufactured in the USA, super easy to get to. Uh, not only are they available on Amazon, like I mentioned, uh, you can find them very easily at your local CVS pharmacy, but I recommend you buying them uh, on sweatblock.com because if you use promo code locked on, you'll get 20% off of your order. So get yourself a box of sweat block antiperspirant wipes, get rid of those sweat stains that just general discomfort and embarrassment with sweat block. I'm gonna step away from this uh, the Western Conference uh, conversation for just a second because you said something there. you you You've talked about Luke Walton as more of a hindrance than a help to the Sacramento Kings and their uh, their playoff chances in your mind. and i'm I'm wondering if you could go into a little uh, more detail on that because I could argue that in his two seasons here in Sacramento, Walton uh, has faced two very different seasons, the shortened season last year because of COVID and the season before where COVID just shut everything down. Sure. Now, Of course, the Kings were unimpressive uh, in the bubble as well. Luke Walton also has the second best winning percentage in, in Sacramento Kings history behind Rick Adelman, which is, is less about Walton and, and more of an insult, I think, to the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> I think that's all. just... Yes, right. So what is it about Luke Walton and his coaching style? Because there have been stretches where he's had the Kings playing really good basketball when, quite honestly, maybe they had no business. And I'm talking about right before the shutdown a couple seasons ago and right at the end of last season with Fox out, with Halliburton barely playing, with uh, Rashawn Holmes out, Marvin Bagley out. And that team was still competing and, and playing better than they were before when they didn't have much of a bench. So I'm curious why, from yeah. your perspective, Luke Walton hinders this team.
1: Well, you know, it's hard to say, and maybe it's a little unfair to, to put it all on Luke Walton because I don't know what kind of influences are coming from upstairs and, and maybe some of the things that he wants to do. You look at when he's been able to get them playing well, I think it's like post-trade deadline, right? Like you're, you're talking about times where the outside distractions are, are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I think some of how he's used players has been a little bit of a question, right? Some of the rotation stuff has has been interesting. And again, how much of that comes from upstairs and how much of it is Luke's fault? Luke Walton, coaches bear the brunt mm-hmm. of of that kind of decision-making. With the Kings, with a lot of teams that are in the, the Kings' position, there are edicts that come from upstairs. You've got to play this guy. We've got to get this guy some minutes. You've got you to make sure that you're doing X, Y, and Z. And, and maybe once those things are, are kind of off the table, he can kind of do more of what he wants and can get guys to buy in a little bit. Uh, So when I say Luke Walton is a hindrance, is that I'm not hundred percent sure that he's going to be able to find the right combinations right away. And he's going to be playing guys maybe out of position or, 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 experimenting a little bit too much. It's more about the choices that he's making with the personnel And, and, and how he uses these guys with the youth, with the youth there. And, you know, you have things like, but the buddy heel drama, you have things, you know, other, other things that, that, that come into play hard for me to say exactly if if it's all on him. So I will admit that maybe there's a little bit that's being unfair, but I, I do need to see him kind of properly use his roster.
0: Well, there are a lot of people, myself included, over the last couple of seasons who have looked at rotations uh, with a critical eye. And, and I actually talked about this to open up my podcast yesterday because I said the Kings finally have a good problem. And since that, they probably have the most depth that they've had at any point. Luke Walton has been here in Sacramento, certainly way more depth than what they started the season with last year. The problem is, uh, as, as good as it is to have a lot of players who can play, you still have to find a way to play them. And more importantly, you have to find the right combinations of those players, not just to work together, but to actually win basketball games. And that's going to be one of the biggest challenges that's going to be under a microscope uh, for Luke Walton from opening day uh, of this season. If the Kings want any chance to make the playoffs, Luke Walton has to get his rotations right. So a lot of those questions that you posed hopefully will be answered uh, pretty quickly. But let's transition back now to the, the Western Conference picture. We've talked about the five teams that were outside of the play-in. Now let's talk about the four teams that were in the play on, uh, play-in last season. That's the Los Angeles Lakers, Memphis Grizzlies, Golden State Warriors, and San Antonio Spurs, who just barely beat out uh, the Pelicans and the Kings to get that spot. Of course, they they lost in the uh, the opening round uh, to the, the Memphis Grizzlies in the play-in. So, Out of those four teams, I'm curious which ones you think are likely to stay in that picture, which ones are likely to move up, which ones could potentially fall out i think it's safe to say the lakers move out of that assuming that old team is able to stay healthy during the regular season but the golden state warriors are extremely reliant on steph curry being steph clay thompson coming back and being even half of himself not to mention the the lot of young players on that team they don't even know if they're going to have andrew wiggins available for every single home game uh this season the san antonio spurs they've gotten worse right but Greg Popovich still coaches that team. So, out of the, And then the Memphis Grizzlies, they're young, but they're exciting. Many believe that they've leapfrogged the Kings and rightfully so. And they're with the young, exciting uh, John Morant. Where do you look at those four teams in which are moving up, staying the same and maybe moving down?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think three of those teams have the potential to move up. And then the, the thing with the West is that two games either way could drop someone from the fourth seed to the seventh seed. But think the, the, you know, the Lakers, the Warriors and the Grizzlies are good bets to push up into the top six. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, obviously I am banking on some improvement from Memphis. I I think that they, um, are, are adding some shooting, uh, and, and hopefully I don't know, I don't know what the addition of Steven Adams is going to going to do for them, but I think that toughness, uh, will help them, uh, but it's, it's a, a big loss losing, um, that, That's a big loss for them. So, uh, I'm not, I'm They're the team that I'm not quite as high on getting out of that, that plan tournament, but I still, I believe in Jai. I think he's, he's a really good player. So I, I think that he has the ability to, to carry them maybe to the sixth seed potentially. Uh, the Lakers are such a fascinating case. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think that they'll miss the... I think they'll be above that play-in tournament, but I don't think they're going to be that much above the play-in tournament. I, I really have serious questions about the Lakers, maybe more serious questions than, than, than most because I think the Lakers are, are at the top of the championship odds right now. But that mix, um, the Russell Westbrook fit with those guys, I, I just don't know that it's going to work right away. And I think with the Lakers, they're also... Because of their age, I don't think they're going to go on a big regular season sprint to to worry about seeding. So the Lakers still have a potential to, to drop a little further than some people expect just because they're going to save their, their energy for the late run. What I think is the Lakers are going to be kind of on the cusp of the play-in tournament, and then in the last month of the season, they're going to start – ramping it up and they're going to push into like six, five, maybe four, uh, golden state. I'm, I'm a little higher on. Uh, I think that the the full season with, uh, Steph and and clay coming back whenever he's going to come back, maybe January, February, I think that's going to be a push, uh, enough of a push to get them out of the playing tournament. So, uh, Oh, and San Antonio, I do think San Antonio is going to drop out. I think San Antonio is the one team that I think they're going to miss the whole thing altogether. This is where, Uh, you're right. Pop could push them because pop gets these guys to overachieve, but I just, I I think they're in such a transition period right now. I think the people in San Antonio, I think the fans want them to just, Hey, look, let's just do this. Let's just drop out. Let's get the good draft pick. Let's keep pushing, uh, for, for the rebuild. So I think San Antonio is going to go that route. So one team drops out. I think three, I think all four, of the play-in teams from last season are are out of the play-in for one reason or another. It's funny. If if there's one team that you talked
0: about that the three in New Orleans, Sacramento, and and Minnesota are, are looking at and licking their lips and trying to pick off, it is that San Antonio Spurs team who they think, okay, that's one slot, at least in the play-in, that more than likely is going to come available. And then potentially it's a three year or maybe even four team race uh, to, to steal that spot. But for both the Los Angeles Lakers and golden state warriors, um, I mean the to me the the play in last season was a complete success we saw um or we at least heard LeBron James complaining about it the Lakers weren't too happy to have to play uh and and you you've brought up their age the Lakers don't strike me as a team who's going to care too much about home court advantage in a in an actual playoff series they believe that they have the talent to win on the road or at home it does not matter um but I do imagine that a team as old as the Lakers who has dealt with injury issues to some of their key pieces they're going to want to avoid Having to play an extra game or two, uh, and that might lead to uh, some maybe, like you talked about, late desperation towards the end of the season to to fight their way out of that spot. Do you look at it the same way with the Golden State Warriors too, who are a little bit younger with some of the players that they have on their roster, but their old guys and Steph and Clay have injury history.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I, I don't think it's going to be quite as pronounced as the Lakers. Um, I think that the Warriors will gladly sacrifice regular season games for health. But I think the Warriors might value the home court a little bit more mm. than some of these other teams just because they have such a rabid fan base and they have that big new arena that is has been around for a couple of years and has has been empty for a while. I wouldn't be surprised if the owners have been like, hey, look, Steve – can 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 we get a few more home games here in the playoffs to make up some of the money that we lost? So I, I do think the Warriors will put an, a little added emphasis on home court for for as much as they can. So um, yeah, I think the Lakers the Lakers absolutely have to focus completely on the playoffs. So and and you're right they they just do not care they do not care where they fall they just want to make sure their number one priority is absolute health. I think the Warriors do care a little bit more about where they fall. Today's Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by
0: Rock Auto. The days of... Going to your local auto part chain store and dealing with intimidating questioning, especially when you're someone like me who knows absolutely nothing about cars only to inevitably be priced into the one part that your uh, store happens to carry. Those days are over. You can save money. You can save time and you can save pulling hair out by using rockauto.com anytime you need anything for your car. Save up to f- 30, 50, or even 100% with Rock Auto compared uh, to your local chain stores. Save that time, save that money. A good example is like a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 on average from a chain store. It's $216 on average from Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto parts need. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or your truck. Right, locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and locked on Kings is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline bet online is back it's better than ever especially for football all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another NFL and NCAA season as always bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface even more odds props and contests bet online continues to be the number one source for everything football And of course, everything basketball. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. From football to basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. You said that you could see three out of the four of the play-in teams actually moving up and moving into maybe a top six seed. If that's going to happen, then three teams that were top six last season have to fall out. We're talking about the Jazz, Suns, Nuggets, Clippers, Mavericks, and Trailblazers. Those were the top six in that order last season. Out of those six teams, which three do you feel are more than likely to drop into the play-in picture or maybe even plummet past the play in picture is the most obvious one. The LA Clippers just because Kawhi Leonard might not be playing for the majority of the season.
1: The Clippers is such an interesting case because Paul George on his own without Kawhi steps up. Mm. He's, he's better in, in a lot of ways without the second star there. If he's the main guy, he can actually end up carrying that team a little bit. I think Portland is a team that, that could slide a a bit Uh, again, new coach, maybe trying some new things. Who knows what happens with Dame? That, that's a team that I'm looking to see uh, drop. Mm-hmm. Dallas is a team that could fall to seven. Uh, obviously, they have Luca, who I love. but I don't know how they're going to figure out the Porzingis fit, and, and I'm just not a Jason Kidd guy. I don't think many, many of us are. That's going to be an interesting dynamic with, with Dallas. So that's two. Um, of the rest... I'm this is going to be an interesting thing to to see where where these guys go. It could be the Clippers. Um I it, this is this is a big toss up for me. Mm-hmm. At this point you can kind of pick one I I, Man. I- I personally this is a wouldn't tough be sur- one. I really yeah. have a tough one right here. I just, um, I wouldn't
0: be surprised at all, John, if we're looking at like the, the top teams and we're going to talk about the top teams in a minute, top three or top four are in a league of their own. And then five through 10 is just a complete
1: cluster. You know right. what? So here's, here's the thing. Phoenix is super interesting, right? Mm-hmm. They are a Chris Paul injury away from falling into the plan, and And I just – I don't know how he keeps doing it. I think he we saw it in the end in the finals. Like He just – but through the playoffs, he kept battling injury after injury after injury. I, I just don't know how much longer this Bluesmobile can keep going with him before it falls apart, right? So, so
0: you're not a – so you're just a – Clarify, you're not a believer yet in Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton's ability to step up and take over this team for a long period of time should Chris Paul go down. We saw him do it short-term in the playoff right. and full credit to them, but we're talking about if he were to miss months upon months in the regular season.
1: Yeah, I, I, I question, I do question that. I think so many things went right for Phoenix last year mm. that we, like, Yes. I I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm disrespecting the Suns. They're a good team. And again, a good team is going to end up finishing seventh in the (laughs) West. That's just finishing seventh in the West. The East is, is a lot better, but the seventh seed in the West is still going to be better than the seventh seed in the East. I, I, I do think a good team is going to fall that far. And we could be looking at a situation where the third seed and the seventh seed are separated by only a few games, and there's a lot of movement. Like you said, that five through ten is just going to be a real logjam. I think Phoenix, yeah, Booker, sure, and and Aiton has, has stepped up. I want to see Aiton do it for a full season, another full season, but it's even more the supporting cast. I think they got so much from that supporting cast last year that was – uh, a bunch of guys, that you're like, wow! I can't believe he's doing this, and he's doing this, and he's. Mm-hmm. Doing- I, I, it's not even that I don't believe in Booker and aiden Although I do want to see more Aiton than anything. Prove it. It's. I kind of want to see that supporting cast do that again before I fully believe in the Suns staying at the top of the standings. So the, does that mean you have Utah
0: and Denver in whatever order as your your? top to absolutely at the top of that mountain. and then I think Utah
1: Utah is just built for the regular season. Utah is going to run away with this. I think Utah could end up with the second best record in the league behind Brooklyn. I think they're going to be – I think regular season Utah Jazz is going to be great, and that's going to be an accomplishment when you sign Hassan Whiteside. You shouldn't – no matter what capacity that he plays, you shouldn't have the second best record in the league. But I do believe that the Utah Jazz is going to run it back and have that. Now, what they do in the playoffs, I don't know. But I think regular season Utah is going to be great. Denver, uh, so much hinges on Jamal Murray, and I don't know what's going to happen. Like, they just gave Michael Porter Jr. all this money. But, you know, his whole craziness with the vaccine stuff, I, I just – I don't know what kind of distraction that's going to be. I think he's kind of a an oddball anyway. But he's he's good if he can stay healthy and if they can get him to play any level of defense. I think Aaron Gordon, this, the full kind of uh, – full training camp with these guys, he's going to be a big factor for them. So they, as they wait for Jamal coming in and obviously Jokic, you know, it's going to be the MVP level Jokic. I think him skipping the Olympics to focus on himself, his body, uh, is, is really telling of where his head's at because these guys in international basketball never do that. And he, that, that's a huge deal. So I, I do put Denver, Up at the top and look, some of these teams that I've been talking about that that could fall down to seven very easily could jump up to three or four.
0: Uh, John, just so you know, that's two time Sacramento King Hassan Whiteside that you're talking about. Oh, I know (laughs) uh, a a little bit of respect for that. Okay. The, the team who drafted him, who has not been to the playoffs in 15 seasons. Yeah. uh, We'll take the respect where we can get it right. No, Eric Spolstra to to get the best out of Hassan Whiteside in Sacramento. But, um, I guess we'll wrap up with this, John, let's assume that OKC Houston and I feel bad saying this, but just for the sake of the conversation, San Antonio, it, they're out of it. They're just, yeah. those are the bottom three teams that, that don't make the play in. Out of the Timberwolves, Pelicans, Warriors, Grizzlies, Lakers, Blazers, Mavericks, and Clippers, <laughs> maybe even the Suns as well, but I, I'm going to keep them out of it. But out of all those teams that I just listed, Who do you think Sacramento would fare the best in a single game elimination type game, whether it's home or on the road? Last season, the Kings had a lot of success for no reason against the Dallas Mavericks. So maybe they're able to do that again. That was a good matchup for them, even (laughs) with the the Luka Doncic horror. But out of all those teams, if you said, okay, the Kings have to win, maybe even let's say the Kings are uh, uh, the ninth or 10th seed. The Kings Mm -hmm. have to beat two of those teams to actually make the playoffs. Who are those two?
1: I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think you can stop New Orleans. Um, I think, and I'm putting a lot of value in Mitchell here. Yes, I'm I'm putting a lot of value in Mitchell now. No, obviously, now coming back from putting my Celtics face back on, I just saw him uh, completely lock down Peyton Pritchard in the summer league and take like, make that his job. Like he was like, okay. Um, so off night was in full effect here for, um, for, for my Celtics in the, in the playoffs, uh, in the, the, um, sorry, summer league. I, I, I highly value his defensive ability. And so I think he's going to be, I know it's a rookie, but I think he's going to be valuable defense is effort. And I think he's, he's going to be able to put that in. So, okay, New Orleans is one. Um, I really think it's Dallas just because of one history and two
0: lack of depth. Because depth te- tends to kill the Kings. Like I, I, If I'm Sacramento, I'm not as afraid of Luka Doncic and maybe Kristaps Porzingis torturing uh, me as I am like uh, Paul George with the Clippers
1: or Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum yeah. with the Blazers. I'm, I'm just going with teams I don't trust. I trust Luca to make that happen. I trust Luca to step up in that situation. Obviously you have your history with the Mavericks, but uh, I think, I think the Timberwolves might be the other choice. Mm -hmm. You're not going to stop Carl Anthony towns, but they're not going to stop you at this point Uh, until they prove that they can stop somebody else. uh, That that's going to be my guess. I think you're just going to get to the rim with uh, reckless abandon against Minnesota and, and, I think uh, uh, that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the two teams that just trust the leases: Minnesota and and New Orleans.
0: This might piss off the wonderful city of Memphis and its fans, but I actually think the Kings, if they got a one they got a one off shot at John Morant in the and the Memphis Grizzlies, I think the Kings would actually take that game just based <laughs> off of historically how well. De'Aaron Fox has played against John Morant like it I mean record wise it's I think the Kings are three and two in the five meetings between those two teams when Fox and Morant uh, both played but Fox mm. compared to Morant and the success that Fox has had I think is a big difference there So I like the King's chances I wouldn't say it's a shoo-in or anything like that I'd give them a better chance against a team like New Orleans like you talked mm. about or maybe even Minnesota but I like their opportunities against it's, Memphis if they got that shot
1: It's just so nuts right now because we're th- we're, we're three practices into the season and it's it's we don't know every year there's something there's somebody there's one team mm-hmm. that is full of guys dancing on the sidelines and who is that team it could be it could be Sacramento they've been that team before they could find it again i do think that the kings like i said at the beginning are primed for a midseason move i think that you could be looking at a buddy healed Harrison Barnes, someone, both those guys moving out, maybe getting somebody big back in. It could change the entire dynamic of this team and change its identity. So who knows what's going to happen during the season? I think if we have this conversation again in January during the doldrums, we could be looking at a lot of different situations. And you know how it goes, man. Somebody's going to get hurt. One of these guys, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it could you you brought up Dallas like it could be Dallas because. They're they are a little bit of a mess. That's going to be a really fascinating team, an mm-hmm. under the radar fascinating team. So many of the teams are, are rising up to that. Ooh, what about you know what's going to happen with Brooklyn and Kyrie with all those vaccination stuff and you know everybody's looking at the Lakers and and all that. But the Mavericks are a real wild card here. Luka is so good, but their fit in the, on that team is so all over the place. They they could be the team that gets bounced, and what happens? In the NBA, if Luka goes out in the play-in tournament, like what? That that can't happen for them. That that's going to be a real disaster if that happens. All right, John. Before I let you go, let's go over to the Eastern Conference
0: really mm. quick because you said two things earlier. One, you said you think the the Brooklyn Nets are are going to have the best record regular season record in the NBA. That is a team that's built to make the pl- or win the championship, and if they don't, it's a colossal failure. Which I readily admit I am actively rooting for that team to fail, uh, number one. And number two is you said the Eastern Conference talent has gotten better. Now you said yeah. the seventh seed in the West is still better than the East, which I agree with, but the gap is significantly smaller. The East has gotten significantly better. Uh, so, of course, with uh, your expectation for the Boston Celtics, just oh, what's happening to the Philadelphia 76ers right now, how big of a jump the Atlanta Hawks made last season, yeah. how, do you, how do you expect just a one broad answer the Eastern Conference to shake up, both in the play-in and at the top?
1: Yeah, the East is 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 going to be, you know, wild to watch. I mean, obviously the cream of the crop there, Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Uh I, I think Brooklyn obviously talent-wise, even with Kyrie without Kyrie, they're they're going to be really really good. Mm. Milwaukee has that you know, I wonder what the championship hangover is going to be for Milwaukee, but also I think having won the championship is like I don't know that that first time down the ski mountain, when you get to the bottom and you're like, Oh my God, I made it and I didn't (laughs) die. So the next time down the hill, you're like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. you know you do? Like, I think uh, Milwaukee has that confidence of like, wow, we, we kind of really tried to lose a couple of these series and we still managed to win. Uh, I think maybe they come in with a little bit extra. So the top of the East is really, really good. The rest of the East, has such wild cards? Philly, Joel and just cannot keep, cannot stop pouring kerosene onto this dumpster fire that is the Ben Simmons situation. So who knows what's going to happen there? Atlanta, I have questions about how much they may have overachieved. Uh, so and and how much are these new points of emphasis officiating? Going to impact Trey Young, I think that's something to watch. So Atlanta's fascinating. Chicago is fascinating. Adding all of that talent, but how does that fit? Uh, Boston is in the mix. Miami with with Kyle Lowry. Like there are a lot of teams there with ceiling. You know the, the the variance in the East is is kind of wild for different reasons than the variance in the West. The West is a lot of teams are good, and so the variance is going to be you win two three games, you lose two three games. I think. Like with, with the Celtics, the variance is high third seed, low play in tournament. And that's based on what's happening within the team, the team dynamic can certain things happen. That's true of Miami. That's true of New York. That's true of uh, a few other teams to varying degrees. So I do think it's going to be a pretty great competition in the East. I think once you get past the top two, A lot of different things. I can see three or four teams that are competing for that third seed, that fourth seed. And then beyond that, it's going to be a real rock fight for five, six, seven, into the play-in tournament. For national
0: coverage of the NBA like this every single week, make sure you check out John Corrales on the Locked On NBA podcast. Make that your second listen every single day after uh, the Sac- Locked On Kings being your first listen. And maybe even check out the Locked On Celtics podcast, a.k.a. Uh, the second place team in the summer league that the Sacramento Kings defeated, which we all know matters more than the regular season.
1: It's the still, better trophy. I'm still sore about that.
0: <laughs> it's the better trophy. We'll always have that. If nothing else, the Kings and uh,
1: give <laughs> Peyton
0: Pritchard nightmares and, and have a summer league trophy for the second yeah. time the first team to do it two times hey there's history that the Kings can actually rally <laughs> yeah, behind but john thank you so much for coming here on locked on kings my friend it's always a-, a pleasure and we might like you said have to revisit this conversation in january to see how different uh it is compared to right now because one thing i expect I don't expect the Kings to make the playoffs. I don't even expect the Kings to make the plan, but I expect the Kings to absolutely be in the conversation until the bitter end uh, of next season. So we'll see how everything plays out. We'll talk about it again soon, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, I look forward to chatting with you again soon.
1: You got it. Whenever you need me, I'm here.
0: It was a pleasure having John on. As always, we honestly are going to have to revisit this conversation and take a look at the Western Conference once we get to late December, early January when things start to shake up a little bit more. But as of right now, looking at a crystal ball, I pretty much agree with almost everything that he said. How do you feel about our conversation? Let me know at Matt Sack on Twitter. Uh, you can email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com, or leave your thoughts in the comment section down below. I really want to hear Out of all the teams in the Western Conference that aren't the Houston Rockets and Oklahoma City Thunder, and I guess I'll include the San Antonio Spurs in there, which two teams, if the Kings had to face two different teams in a play-in scenario, which two teams do you think the Kings match up best against? Or are you most confident that the Kings would defeat at least one of them to actually make it into the playoffs. Let me know that. Let me know if you think the Kings have a chance honestly at being a top 6 seed. That might be the absolute 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 best case scenario that we're talking about that team jumping up 6 spots, which is just crazy to think about. So uh, maybe maybe it's possible, maybe it's not. You let me know. And of course, if you will join me for the next Locked On Kings podcast, I really would appreciate that. Thank you so much for the support recently. We're so close to actual Kings basketball, even if it's preseason, it's still basketball. It's exciting. Check out all the great videos from Sean Cunningham from ABC 10 or James Ham uh, from NBC Sports. Uh, they've been posting excellent videos from inside the practice facility after uh, each day of training camp. Go and check those out. You can find those uh, on Twitter, and I retweet. A lot of them too, so you'll find it on my account as well. Go check those out because some fun videos and behind-the-scenes looks uh, of the practice facility. I'm going to have to get one of them in uh, just to talk about what they've seen in training camp so far, so look forward to that. Until next time, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.